All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our devotional time here. I hope and pray this is a blessing to you today. I want to bring a thought to you. We're looking forward to being in church tomorrow on Wednesday, as well as on Sunday, having great services both at Calvary and at Sarah and Chapel Independent Baptist Church. But I want to bring a thought this morning or this afternoon, if you will, uh, on faithfulness, depending on when you are watching this. Faithfulness. This is the devotion, guys, that I believe that we can apply into our life somewhere, somehow, nearly every single day. There's much to be said and known about faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord is also much to be known or much to warn about the unfaithfulness. But how do we weigh faithfulness in our life? How do we weigh faithfulness between unfaithfulness? Well, you know, there are some, <clears throat> there are some comments, if you will, some commendations throughout the scripture uh, that we find that gives us an indication of what faithfulness truly is. And I'm going to give you just a few of those things, but Paul opens up the letter to the Ephesians uh, to the Ephesians church, mind you, the local church. And that's what is important for us to understand. He opens up the letter saying in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in, G in Christ Jesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He does the same when he writes the letter to the church, uh, which was at Colossae, saying in Colossae chapter 1, verse 2, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. These are important aspects. They're important, the important things that we need to look at when we consider and ask ourselves, are we faithful? Are we faithful to the Lord? Are we faithful to his house? Do we set aside things in our life to make sure we get to church, that we do things that are Christian-related, church-related, Bible-related to our local church, guys, not just every free-for-all pair of ministry that is out there today. Uh, it's not a tick box. It's not something to comfort you. It's something to feed you. And you're not going to be fed if you're not in the house of the Lord. And then in that case, sometimes you're not even being fed when you're at particular churches. Paul even references Tychicus, if you will, as he, as he would deliver the letter, um, deliver the letter to the Ephesian church. Um, he came to the city there in, in Ephesus to check on it. Paul even references Tychicus as he would have delivered the letter to the Ephesian church and check on the church, see how they're doing, as well as informing them of Paul's well-being. But this is what he says of the brother. He says in Ephesians 6.21, uh, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, shall make known to you all things. He referenced him as a faithful minister of the Lord. He, he gives the same compliment to Epaphras in his letter to the Colossians church in verse, uh, verse 7 of chapter 1. He says, as you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, a faithful minister of Christ. I mean, how important is that today for us to understand, for us to look at, uh, to take on board, you know, our, the thoughts and what faithfulness we need in our life. Think about it, just a faithful minister in Christ. Notice what we see in the very same letter to the Colossians in chapter 4, verse 7 and 9. This is what Paul says. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant to the Lord. Verse 9, with Onesimus, okay? Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. This word faithfulness, the, the, the faithful attitude, the faithful um, commitment, dedication, surrendering of what the Lord would have people to do in their life, we see peppered throughout these commendations and compliments that the Apostle Paul has given. So I just come to us today and I want us to stop and I want us to think, are we faithful? I was asked one time by my dad, I was, at, I was pastored in, in Tennessee at the time, and I was asked by my dad, he says, here's what we have to ask ourselves. 
do you want a church field? Do you want church members field just like you? Do you want a membership field identical the way you are? Your commitment, dedication, your faithfulness in the house of the Lord, your faithfulness in giving, faithfulness in the Bible, ministry, everything. And it should make us stop and think because the reality is we all have a responsibility to the local church and to the Lord for Jesus Christ died for the local church. Okay, we need to understand that. So all of these, all of these are, are great examples of faithfulness that we find. Just a few. There are many, many, many more. But Paul makes it very clear. And he makes a point of to emphasize the faithfulness of certain individuals. And I'll ask you this. Why have this devotion? This is the question that I come to. Why should I speak on this today? What's the point? We're closing into the end of the year. We're in the last week of November. Actually, we're in the last couple of days of November. Uh, the final month of 2022 is going to roll on. Why talk about it now? Why not save this devotion for the front end of the year to encourage people to be faithful in the new year? Well, the reality is this. Number one, if you're not faithful this year, you're not going to be faithful next year. If you wait till January to say, well, that's what I'm going to be faithful, it's, not, it's never, it's never going to happen. You have to, you have to prepare now for what you're going to do later on. Adrian Rogers always emphasized the fact that we should prepare for war in the time of peace. So what's the point of having a devotion like this? Well, one reason, guys, to have this devotion today to spark our hearts, I pray, is society in and of itself, the way society has become. You know, for the first time, uh, first, for the first time in a census of England and Wales, less than half of the population, 46.2% out of 27.5 million people, have described themselves as Christian. Last time. Now, we're talking about the belief of the Lord Jesus Christ, etc. doesn't mean they go to church. But it means they describe themselves as a Christian. That's a 13.1 percentage drop uh, or decrease from 59.3% of 33.3 million people in 2011. So here we are just over 10 years. It's dropped by 13.1%. Imagine if that trend continues, which is expected to. But even though you have 46.2% of the people in England and Wales proclaiming or describing themselves as Christian, Overall, throughout the entire United Kingdom, only 5% of the population attend church at any time, but less than 1.5% attend church regularly on a Sunday morning. And according to a recent study that we have found, over 2,000 churches closed their doors between 2011 and 2021. 400 of those were Anglican. The rest of them are obviously are not. You know, that's 1.8 churches closing down a day. Why? Why is this happening? Well, let's ask some better questions, if you will. Let's go back to that faithfulness and let's go back to that self-described Christianity or Christian. What makes a Christian? Where does the name come from? Who gave it to us? You know, the word Christian only shows up in the Bible or Christians only three times in the Bible. It shows up in Acts 26, 28, when Agrippa said unto Paul, he says, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Peter uses it in his first epistle in chapter 4, verse 16. He says, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on his behalf. But the word makes its first appearance in its plural form in Acts chapter 11, verse 28, in the church at Antioch, the first Gentile church. And the Bible says, and when he had found him, speaking of Paul, Barnabas went down to Tarsus to get Paul, bring him back uh, to Antioch. He brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Notice who was first called Christians. Notice who were the first ones to be named Christians. Were disciples. Who are disciples? They are saved, born-again people. They were members and part of the church. 
And yet, after a year's worth of teaching from the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, we find that they're called Christians. By whom? Well, the world gave them the name. It was the attributes and the actions and the deeds that they were carrying, the life that they were living, of how they were granted the name and title Christian. So what do you think Paul was teaching in Antioch? What was his goals? What was his lessons? What was his doctrine? Well, I mean, that's very easy to find out as you read his epistles. He's the writer and the author of 14 epistles in the New Testament. I mean, he taught the mystery that was revealed only unto him, that the Jew and Gentile would be saved in the same way, and they would come under the, the same uh, body of Christ, same spirit, same Lord, same everything, right? They were same umbrella of grace through faith unto salvation. He taught them to work, to labor, to always bear in their bodies the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He taught them uh, to be crucified with Christ, nevertheless live for Christ. He taught them that if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. All of which Paul taught throughout all of these churches that he had formed and the preacher boys he had trained in Ephesus sent out to start other churches. All of the things that he taught them, all the, that which he received from the Lord Jesus Christ by revelation, he taught all there in Antioch, Syria. He taught them to esteem others better than themselves. All of this is wrapped up, guys, in the word faithfulness. And that's how the name Christian came about. They were called Christians, not because they proclaimed it, not because they themselves said, we're going to call ourselves Christians, but because the world looked at them and said, man, they are living a life like that Christ. A sacrificial life, a committed life, a dedicated life. And beloved, I know it seems like a bit of a rant to some, and, and even others may be watching or listening to this and say, wow, you know, uh, he's talking right to me. He's talking about me. And I've always said this, if you're thinking that I'm talking about you, you're probably right. That doesn't mean I sat down and had you in mind in particular. I don't know who's going to watch this or if anyone's going to watch it. But I do know the Holy Spirit works. And I do know the Holy Spirit, if he's speaking to you right here, right now, saying, man, I need to I need to step up my faithfulness game. I need to be in the house of the Lord. I need to put other things on the back burner and put church, the Bible, a life for Jesus Christ first and foremost. Then, yeah, he's speaking to you. So, look, we're at a crossroads in our country. We're at a crossroads and we are in a dire need of making the right choice. We are in a dire need to make the correct turn, a smart decision. And it all boils down to whether or not you and I are faithful. It is what makes a disciple a believer to become a Christian. Salvation doesn't make you a Christian. Christianity is a lifestyle. Christianity is a label of how you live your life, not a decision you made. Now, you should live that life because of the decision, yes. But Christianity is not something that you are granted on the day that you get saved. It's something that you're given by how you live. So yeah, church attendance, is it important? Yes, it is, because churches are gonna close down. Ministry is gonna stop if we don't go to church, hands down. Faithfulness to the house of the God. Faithfulness to the house of God is a byproduct of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ, for what he has done for us. And yes, it is a testimony of the love we have for him. And it's a testimony to those who are around us. So faithfulness is the key, guys. Dedication, discipline, the placing of other things behind, other things in our life to the side so we can exercise what is most important, the most important part of our life. And it should be coming together with fellow believers in Christ in the house of God, dedicating our life to him. So beloved, at the end of the day, it can be done. At the end of the day, we can be faithful. We can be faithful because Paul makes it very clear that we can be faithful as our Lord is faithful. First Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Our Lord Jesus Christ was faithful unto the cross, 
the grave and the resurrection is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God today. And because of his faithfulness to us, we today have the capacity to be faithful unto him. So guys, I hope this is a blessing to you today. I hope that it helps you. I hope that it is an encouragement to each and every one of you. And may the Lord take this, guide you, direct you with love, with the validity of the word of God, with the, the moving of the Holy Spirit, and they would touch your life in a way uh, that would help you go forward every day, committing your life to him, putting everything else secondary and him first. Have yourself a blessed day. God bless each and every one of you. I love you. Look forward to seeing you soon, church.